Hi, this is Jerome Gilmartin, JMJ Catholic Radio, bringing local and EWTN Catholic programming to northeastern and central Pennsylvania. Welcome to the In the Father's Hands program with host Mary-Kate Grady. Mary-Kate's guest for this program is Maria Gallagher, Legislative Director for the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation in Harrisburg. Originally from Columbus, Ohio, Maria has a master's degree in, journal, in uh, journalism from Northwestern University in Illinois. An experienced reporter and news producer, she co-hosts the weekly radio program Positively Pro-Life and hosts Lifelines Radio once a month. Maria was honored as Person of the Year in 2020 by the Society of St. Sebastian and she lives in Harrisburg. Mary-Kate? Thank you so much, Jerry. And we continue to wish all of you a very joyful Easter season. We're so pleased to have you join us again for our program, In the Father's Hands. And I always like to make a um, just a little pitch there for JMJ Catholic Radio. We're so blessed to have our program on JMJ. Um, please keep their mission in your prayers, of course, of continuing to work with all of us and helping us in our journey to the Father's house. For more information about JMJ Catholic Radio or to make a donation, you can contact them at 570-287-4670. And thank you in advance for all your prayers and your generosity. It's, it's so much appreciated. Um, and the, this program, In the Father's Hands, you can listen to this program live on Saturday evenings at 7.30 or Sunday afternoons at 1 p.m., and for anyone that's not available at that time, uh, we also have a pod. This program is in podcast form, so just go into Google and type in In the Father's Hands podcast, and you can catch up on all our shows. And so we'd love to have you uh, join us for that. Let us begin our program today, as we always do, by opening our Bibles to the Gospel of St. John, chapter 10, and we'll go to verse 27, where Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, and no one shall snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. And let us go forward in our week this week with our work, um, our relationships with our families, everything that we do, any mission that we're called to, um, in that confidence that God's always with us. He's always holding us in his hand, no matter the circumstances of our, our life or the world. He's, he's always holding us and keeping us, and we thank him for that promise. And I'm very excited today um, to welcome onto our program Maria Gallagher. Maria, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, it's so nice to have you, and we're excited to hear more about you. Uh, Maria, I always like to start off with asking my guests, what their favorite scripture verse is and why it's their favorite. And it ties in beautifully with the scripture reading that you already did for the program. My favorite passage from scripture is Psalm 23, a Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I lack. In green pastures he makes me lie down. To still waters he leads me. He restores my soul. He guides me along right paths for the sake of his name. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, 
for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You set a table before me in front of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Indeed, goodness and mercy will pursue me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord for endless days. I love that. That's beautiful, Marie. That's one of my favorites, too. <laughs> so I'm partial <laughs> to that. Why do, you, why do you love that verse so much, Maria? I love it so much because I really relate to Jesus being the Good Shepherd and shepherding me throughout my life. I have been, in, in many cases, at, at the, the valley of death um, through my work in the pro-life movement, mm-hmm. and yet he's always there with me, and he's always guiding me and protecting me, and I feel as if uh, I can actually feel his presence with me during my days and my work for the pro-life movement, and so it's very comforting to think about and I think that it's a scripture passage that relates to a lot of people in their lives. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so common to hear that at, like, a funeral or something, you know? Like, mm-hmm. just going to show you that that verse brings so much comfort that at a time like that, they would reach out to that part of scripture to reflect on, you know? Yeah, and the whole idea, there is nothing I lack. I mean, so oftentimes we think about the things that we wish we had, and, and really and truly... There is nothing that we lack. God provides for everything in our lives, everything that we need, and that is a comforting thought. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. It gives you confidence to just plunge forward, you know, because even if you don't necessarily have it at the moment, He has everything, right? So if, if you really need it and He feels like you need it, He's going to provide it there in your life, you know, whatever it might be. So. Yeah, and I, I found that to be the case, because when I initially was offered the position of legislative director for the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation, I didn't really feel well-equipped well for that position, um, mm-hmm. but then I knew that God would equip me, and that um, whatever I thought that I lacked, He would provide for me, and He's provided for me for the past 10 years, and it's an ongoing challenge, but it's also a, uh, an act of faith. Um, partnering mm-hmm. with God in these vineyards for the pro-life movement, and it's been an absolute joy. That's that's wonderful, and I'm sure you're going to touch upon this a little bit more about your work there in the pro-life movement, but can you just share with us a little bit, Maria, about some ways that you've really experienced God in a really true way in your life, or and ways that He's provided for you? I think that God has provided for me throughout my life. I mean, uh, from the very, very beginning... Um, when I was born, um, I, I came unexpectedly in my parents' apartment, and my wow. father actually had to deliver me, even though my father was not a doctor. Um, he had the doctor on the phone, and the doctor wow. gave him instructions, and he brought me into the world. So um, from the very beginning, God provided, and he provided mm-hmm. beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was very young, my father, unfortunately, was chronically unemployed, and we really had to rely on God as our provider to see us through, and he did. Um, we didn't go without any meals, um, and he was always there providing us with shelter and with clothing and with everything that we needed. So I knew from a very young age that God was my ultimate provider. And then in the pro-life movement, 
I see so many times where um, it seems as if the pro-life movement um, is underfunded, we don't have all the staff we wish we could have, Mm -hmm. and yet God provides, and He provides beautifully. I mean, we are a a pro-life commonwealth in Pennsylvania, and it's all due to God's work. Sure, absolutely, yeah. It's funny, sometimes God doesn't give you a lot, but he gives you just enough to keep scraping by. But I think he sometimes allows that because he always wants you to remember that you have to rely on him, you know. And that's the blessing, as crazy as it is to say this, of poverty, that it kind of, in a way, it can really keep you focused on God because you're always ne- you're always so aware of how much you need him, you know. Absolutely. I mean, I could not do anything without God. And I often feel in my writing that God is providing me with the words that I use, and it, it's through His grace that I'm able to communicate with other people, and um, it is for Him providing me with the uh, the wisdom that I need to impart to other people, and it's it's a wonderful partnership, God and you, and um, it's a it's a great blessing in your life to be able to walk with God through anything. Mm-hmm. Now, Marie, you've been you've been in journalism like for now. Now, now you're the legislative director, which right. legislation, of course, requires a lot of writing. But you've been doing journalism for quite some time now. Yes, I, I have been. Um, I was trained at Ohio State University for undergrad, and then at Northwestern University for my graduate degree. And um, I worked for a, a number of different news outlets. I worked in a um, public broadcasting. I worked for a um, state house network. Um, I worked for a newspaper. Um, and I worked for a television station as a news producer. And there okay. was always a lot of writing involved. Um, so I really was able to hone my craft through that experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, I found that the longer that I worked in journalism, the more journalism was becoming um, secularized and was becoming biased, and it was increasingly difficult to present, for instance, the pro-life viewpoint sure. in uh, an article, um, because the Associated Press style book was our Bible, basically, and we were required to use certain words and to avoid other words in talking about the pro-life issue. We wow. could not, in fact, use the term pro-life. That was prohibited. We could mm-hmm. not use the term unborn baby. That was banned. We had to use phrases such as abortion foes for pro-life advocates. And we had to use uh, phrases like abortion rights advocates for those who are pro-abortion. And I, I felt as if I, I got to the point where I really wanted to tell the pro-life story accurately and I didn't think that I could do that in secular journalism. So I was drawn to the pro-life movement. Now, before you worked, uh, uh, you know, you're working now as the legislative director for the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation, were you writing or doing other uh, writing for pro-life groups before you joined up with the federation? Well, actually, what happened was that I started out working for Ohio Right to Life, because I'm originally from Ohio, and I was a legislative associate there, and I did pro-life writing there. And then when I came to the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation, originally I came to do the position of education director. 
And in that capacity, I started writing for pro-life news outlets, such as LifeNews.com and National Right to Life News Today. And uh, the, the more I wrote, um, the more solemnly um, I was able to communicate the, the pro-life message. And it's just been a great blessing in my life to be able to share with people the fact that um, pro-life is, is the winning issue. Um, it is the um, hallmark of a civilized society, and we need to uh, protect life and cherish life from the very moment of conception to the moment of natural death. Mm-hmm. You know, it's amazing, and you would have a grasp on this, Maria, because you're a journalist, but like the power of words, right? Absolutely. I mean, I found that um, the more that I was involved in secular journalism, the harder it became to recognize the um, value of the pro-life movement. And I, I was torn, and, and I was uh, wondering um, if the pro-life movement was, in fact, what it purported to be. And it was only through reading pro-life materials that I became convinced of the rightness of the pro-life cause, because I learned about fetal development. And even though I had done a lot of stories about abortion, I did not realize for the longest time that a baby's heart starts beating 24 days after conception and brain waves can be detected 44 days after conception. I didn't know that at six weeks, a baby is fully formed with arms and legs, fingers and toes. I did not realize this until I read pro-life materials and I became Mm -hmm. educated. Mm-hmm. And so it's become my mission in life to educate other people about the sanctity of innocent human life. Wonderful. And thank you so much for doing that work. It's so important, you know. Uh, we all have a role in the body of Christ, and, and you're, you have such an important role. Um, now, I'm just wondering, can you tell us just a little bit about what you do as the legislative director there? Certainly. As the legislative director for the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation, it's my honor to promote good, solid pro-life legislation at the state and federal level, and to defeat um, bad anti-life legislation at both the state and federal level. Um, In Pennsylvania, we're very fortunate right now. We have introduced in the Pennsylvania Senate and the Pennsylvania House a life amendment, which would ensure that there is no taxpayer funding of abortion or so-called right to abortion under the Pennsylvania Constitution. And that legislation has passed through the Senate Health and Human Services Committee, and it's on the way to the full Senate floor for a vote. Mm -hmm. And the legislation has to pass both the Senate and the House in two consecutive sessions before it goes to the ballot for voters to decide. So it's very important that people contact their state representatives and state senators and they let them know that they support the Life Amendment. It's really okay. critical. Now, Maria, is there some place that we could go online that we could um, like read up about that a little bit more? Absolutely. You can go to our website at paprolife.org. That's paprolife.org. And we have a whole page of our website devoted to the Life Amendment. And on okay. that page, you can learn more about it. You can watch a video about it. You can send a message to your state lawmakers about it. You can sign our petition urging the state legislature to pass the Life Amendment. 
And the important thing to realize with the constitutional amendment is that the governor cannot veto the legislation. So we don't have okay. to worry about that threat of a veto from the chief executive in Pennsylvania. We can just pass the legislation in the state legislature in two consecutive sessions, and then voters can vote on it. Okay, great. Thank you so much for telling us about that. Sometimes you don't even get to hear about these things, you know, unless you know the right place to look. So thank Absolutely. you for sharing that. Yeah. Sure. I know, vote, you know voting's next week here in Pennsylvania it's on the 17th. Um, so it's, um, I, don't, I think it might also be from your group, but they, um, they send out like little um, booklets or pamphlets, a pro-life voters guide so people can mm -hmm. look through and see who's running and what they support. That's so helpful to me. I use it every, I take it with me every time I go vote, you know. So, um, so there's the resources out there to, to let us know, you know, what we need to do here in Pennsylvania and um, just to, to be informed, you know. So. Yes, and that's a wonderful resource, our, our website at paprolife.org. You can find out all sorts of things about the pro-life movement by just visiting that website. And you can inform yourself, and that way you can educate others about what's critical in the pro-life movement at this stage of the game. Mm -hmm. and, and I just wanted to ask you, Maria, with everything that's going on, uh, even this past week with the leak, you know, about the Supreme Court and their decision on Roe versus Wade. What can, what are some things that we can do right now um, in this process of praying, of course, but just in general, is there anything that we can be doing right now? I think that it's very important to prepare Pennsylvania for an overturn of Roe versus Wade. We don't know precisely when that might happen, but it could happen soon. And so now is the time to educate people. Um, write letters to the editor of your local newspapers. Um, go on social media and put up those ultrasounds. Um, share with your friends and family members your personal pro-life testimonies. Those are very powerful. I just happened to speak today with a gentleman who was adopted at birth, and he has a tremendous pro-life story to tell. Those stories can be very important in swaying public opinion. And we need to get organized. We have local chapters of the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation all throughout the Commonwealth. If you're interested in a local chapter, you can just go to our website at paprolife.org, and we can connect you with the organization in your area that's educating people on the ground. Wonderful. Thank you for all those resources. That's so, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on there myself, so thank you so much for <laughs> putting all that out there, Maria. That's wonderful. I'm going to switch gears here a little bit, Maria, because you did write a book, and yes. I'm interested to hear a little bit about that book. Um, it, you know, it is the month of May, and for Catholics, the month of May is characteristically the month that we really pay special attention to the Blessed Virgin Mary and, and think on her, and we have some you know, special feast days for her in May. And the title of your book is Joyful Encounters with Mary, A Woman's Guide to Living the Mysteries of the Rosary. Um, without telling us too much because we want to read the book, would you just tell us a little bit about that book? Sure. It was a labor of love that was produced during the lockdown phase of the pandemic. I didn't have anywhere to go. <laughs> I had worn out my welcome at the local grocery store, and that was about it. Because, uh, you know, our churches were closed in our area. We, yes, we just yeah. couldn't go to worship. Um, we couldn't go to dine out. Um, there, were, there were very few 
um, opportunities available to us. Sure. And yeah. so um, I decided that I was going to go ahead and, and write this book that had been on my heart, and I felt as if there was a shortage of joy in our society. And I wanted people to tap into the joy that can be found through a greater relationship, a stronger relationship with the Blessed Mother. And so that was the reason that I decided to write the book. And I had found in my own life where there seemed to be similarities between my life and the joyful mysteries of the rosary. Now, granted, I'm not a sinless human being like Mary was, mm. but, and I did not give birth to a Savior, <laughs> but I did give birth. And I did experience the wonders of pregnancy. And I did help other pregnant women in challenging circumstances. And so these were commonalities that I shared with the Blessed Mother. And through reflecting on my life, I could understand her life a lot better. And I grew closer to her. And when you grow closer to the Blessed Mother, you automatically grow closer to Jesus because you can't separate one from the other. Absolutely. Wonderful. That's that's now in your book. Do you when it says living the mysteries of the rosary? Do you kind of take a look at at each of the mysteries, or do I you do. just reference? Oh, okay, okay. I do. I take a look at each of the mysteries of the rosary, and I show how uh, they may be applicable to your life. And I also talk about different saints who had encounters with the Blessed Mother. They had joyful encounters. We can have them too. And I share some action plans that you can take in order mm. to grow closer to Mary and grow closer to Jesus and to grow in virtue. Um, I think that it's very important nowadays to focus on virtues. Um, we focus a lot on sins, but the antidote to sin is virtue. And mm. I think that mm. as we grow in virtue, we become automatically closer to our Lord and to other people. And uh, things like um, gratitude, um, generosity, obedience, humility, these are virtues that we can grow in, and so we can become better people, and our world can become a better place because of the actions that we take. Absolutely, yeah. That's beautiful. I, I love that. You know, the rosary is one of the most powerful prayers and I think it's one of those things where, like, if we fully, t we, we don't know how fully we could tap into it, you know. And that's what it seems to me with your book. You're really tapping into it. We have this great prayer in front of us, and sometimes we get caught up in, like, the repetition of it, and we're, we're missing out on, like, all that it can do for us and all it's trying to tell us, you know, help us in our life of faith. Yes. There are many blessings associated, many graces associated with praying the rosary. And I know in my own life, when I started praying the daily rosary, that was when I, in fact, joined the pro-life movement. That was when I started praying at a local abortion facility. I started doing sidewalk counseling. Um, my heart and my mind were opened as a result of praying the rosary. And I credit the rosary and the Blessed Mother for showing me the path toward a, a pro-life vocation. And so it's very important for me to pray that daily rosary, and I want other people to get into that habit as well. Mm -hmm. And I, I totally agree with you on that. I, I haven't always prayed the rosary every day, but at a certain point in my life, I'm like, I need to pray the rosary every day, and thankfully I've been able to do that. And I think it does more for me than I could even 
express to you. You know, it's doing more for me than I even realize. So, oh, yes. But it definitely I found keeps you grounded I, and focused. Yes, I, I found uh, a great comfort in praying the rosary, and, and I always did. Even when I was a child, I would pray the rosary, and I found uh, a feeling of solace and support as a result of praying the rosary, and I want that for other people as well. Wonderful. And thank you for sharing that love you have for the rosary with us um, to encourage us in, in praying it and, and growing closer to the Virgin Mary. You know, um, a lot of people in our society have broken relationships with, with mothers in their life, and the Blessed Mother is just waiting right there to, to swoop in and help us, you know. So. Absolutely. I think that a lot of people have these mother wounds, daughter wounds, and they can be addressed by the Blessed Mother. And I know that um, each week I go before a statue of the Blessed Mother um, so that she's foremost in my mind, and I hand over to her all my worries and my cares. And I know that she is going to take them into her loving arms and minister to me in a way that um, no one else could. Um, and so it's, it's a great feeling of comfort and satisfaction knowing that the Blessed Mother is on our side. Yes, and, that, and totally, 100% agree with you on that. We need, we need her more than ever, you know. Absolutely. I mean, she's a patron saint of the pro-life movement, Our Lady of Guadalupe. Right. And we turn right. to her in, in this time of uncertainty, of this turbulent time that we're experiencing right now. We put it in her hands, and she will watch out for us, and she will guide us, and she will help to strengthen us in the months and years ahead so that we can fight for the lives of those precious preborn children and their mothers to save them from the harm of abortion. Absolutely. And I just um, I want to you know, thank you again, Maria, so much for all the work that you're doing, um, <clears throat> doing like, work that some of us can't do just because of life circumstances, but you're kind of p- paving the way for, for the rest of us that when we need resources or things that we can do um, in our life to um, further the pro- cause of the pro-life movement, you're kind of paving the way there. And I Thank you from the bottom of my heart and so many others for all the work that you're doing. And I'm, I'm so thankful that you joined us today. Thank you so much. And uh, again, I would like to just tell everybody, if you can, go on the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation website. That would be, is that paprolife.org? Is that right, Marie? Yes. Mm-hmm. And check it out. There's so many resources. Check out the life bill that's going through, um, the, you know, the voter's guide, just all that information. Keep, keep yourself updated and posted especially everything going on in our country, as Maria said, we need to be educated and prepared to talk with people um, to help them. You know, we, there are brothers and sisters in Christ, and we, we, everyone deserves to be told the truth out of love. You know, so if, we're, if we ourselves are prepared, then we're able to talk to other people that are going to need to know about these things. So um, thank you again, Maria, and God bless you, and uh, keep up the good work, all right? Thank you so much. All right, and we'll be with you all again soon. God bless and bye now.